Hello and welcome to Natural Health Simplified, where we help you cut through the noise and provide simple, science-based strategies to help you live a healthy life. I'm Bobby Mehta from Blackmores Institute, and today I'm joined by director of the Blackmores Institute, pharmacist, naturopath, and respected author, Professor Leslie Braun. Today we're going to discuss the star nutrient vitamin B3. Also known as niacin, this powerhouse nutrient has proven itself to be a surprise package when it comes to skin health. But it also has a number of other benefits that we'll unpack in this episode. Welcome to Natural Health Simplified. How are you, Leslie? I'm great, Bobby, and I'm really looking forward to talking to you about B3 and the word powerhouse is absolutely appropriate. Well, we'll get started on that very note. Now, of course, when we talk about power, what we're really talking about is energy. And vitamin B3 plays an important role in supporting energy production. But before we look at how it does this, can you just do me a favour and clear up some of the confusion around some of the names? There's so many of them for vitamin B3. Yep, you're right. Look, basically, vitamin B3 can be found in two forms, niacin and niacinamide. Niacin is also known by its chemical name, nicotinic acid, while niacinamide is also known by its chemical name, nicotinamide. I'm so glad you've cleared that up. All these niacin, nicotinamides (laughs) and nicotinic acid just gets my knickers in a twist. I just don't know whether I'm coming or going. So I'm glad you've cleared that up. Um, It's so confusing when there's uh, multiple names for the same thing. So coming back to the role that this can play in terms of our health, where does a link with energy come in? Well, it's actually quite complex and it involves several different chemical pathways. But in a nutshell, niacin functions as a component of some very important coenzymes that are involved with energy production, or in other words, the process by which our bodies convert what we eat and drink into energy. So after being absorbed, niacin is converted into its main form, the coenzyme NAD. And from what I remember, NAD is primarily involved in reactions that transfer the potential energy in carbohydrates, fats and proteins that we eat to ATP, which is a cell's primary energy currency. Spot on. Interestingly enough, though, NAD is also converted to a different active form called NADP. And this is different actions involving cholesterol, fatty acids and also the antioxidant function within cells. So is vitamin B3 something that can be obtained from food? I'm pretty sure that I've seen some foods fortified with it before. That's correct, isn't it? That is correct. In fact, you can find B3 in a range of different foods. It's naturally found in things like chicken and fish and beef, um, which tend to contain highly bioavailable forms of NAD and also NADP, whereas the plant-based foods such as nuts and legumes and even grains do contain it in the form of niacin, but they're not nearly as bioavailable. And grains are an interesting source, aren't they? I know that some grain products contain niacin that is bound to other constituents, such as polysaccharides, for example. So that may makes the niacin less bioavailable or less able to be used by the body. In fact, the binding of niacin in some grain products can make it as little as only 30% bioavailable. So that really comes back to your point around the fortification of foods. So there are a number of countries that add additional niacin to their breads and cereals and even their infant formulas. But what we've realised is fortified foods aren't always giving you what you think. No, but I guess the fact that they are fortifying foods with this suggests that it's obviously seen as a very important nutrient. That's right. It is very important. And it's got a very important role in supporting energy production in the body. I'm looking forward to discussing some of these other benefits other than energy production. But before we do, can you just tell me a little bit about tryptophan? Because I've heard about tryptophan being linked to this before as well. How is it linked to niacin? You're right. Look, tryptophan is actually an amino acid, which means it's a building block of protein. It's important to have enough tryptophan in your diet because that also gets converted into NAD, but not nearly as effectively as niacin. 
Now, some common foods that contain tryptophan are chicken and eggs, fish and milk, pretty much the same kind of places where you'll get your nice and from. And good old turkey as well. Yes. I think Christmas is a good time for uh, <laughs> tryptophan consumption, isn't it? Uh, now, we've spoken about niacin and it's linked to energy levels, but niacin also has a positive effect on skin, doesn't it? Now, this is really interesting. I'm really looking forward to you telling us more about this. That's right, Bobby. And I think this is where a lot of people are starting to get very interested in niacin. Look, there's been studies that have shown that levels of both NAD and that NADP, which is the active forms of niacin, in the skin decline as you get older. Importantly, research has shown that supplementing with B3 can increase these levels and restore the balance within the skin cells. So even though you're orally taking a capsule of B3 or a tablet of B3, it does actually get into those skin cells as well. As far as skin structure and integrity is concerned, you may have heard of the term ceramides. Yeah, look, I have heard of ceramides, actually, not because I make a habit of reading women's magazines, but uh, I've seen them on TV commercials and the like. And I've always wondered when I see these things advertised with beauty products, whether or not it's actually legit or whether it's just sales speak. So tell me more. I'm intrigued. Tell me about ceramides. My wife will be very grateful. <laughs> of course. Look, ceramides are basically a fatty component of the skin that helps to retain moisture. It also helps the skin to act as an effective barrier. And once again, you guessed it, with ageing, you've got less levels of ceramide in the skin. And this is where niacin is really powerful. So niacin has been shown to increase the levels of ceramide synthesis by up to five times, which is massive. So look, I'd personally consider taking B3 supplements together with the ceramide creams and serums that you use on your skin for an even stronger effect. Yeah, that's amazing. Obviously, I'm happy taking it orally, but in terms of creams, being a typical bloke, any chance of it being available as a bubble bath? <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> uh, Leslie, are there any people in particular who are more likely to be prone to niacin deficiency than others? Look, actual frank deficiency of niacin is not commonly seen anymore. However, you do find that there are some people that will be having low levels of dietary amounts of niacin. So people who are vegetarians, for example, and vegans that aren't eating animal products will be at risk, as well as people that tend to be undernourished overall, that aren't having enough of a broad diet. They're going to be the ones most at risk. And the other thing I wanted to check with you as well is other medicines, because I know that large doses of niacin can raise blood glucose levels, for example. That's quite right. In fact, there's a couple of drugs that are used to treat TB, which fortunately we don't see that much anymore, but it is still a problem in some parts of the world, and that can interfere with the production of niacin from tryptophan. So my advice is always the same. If you're taking regular medication, always ask an expert like your naturopath, your pharmacist or your GP first before you start taking any high-dose supplements. That's great advice, Leslie. So just to recap, we've discussed the importance of vitamin B3, not just in terms of supporting energy production, but also its role in supporting healthy skin. We've considered the food sources of both vitamin B3 and tryptophan, as well as looking at those who may or may not benefit from supplementation. A pretty comprehensive job. But I might just ask you a bit about how much vitamin B3 we should be taking. I think that's one of the most important questions. How do we use this appropriately? According to the research, the amount that you're going to need to improve your skin integrity and also improve skin moisture is around 500 milligrams to 1,000 milligrams a day. So you can actually get B3 as 500 milligram tablets and my recommendation would be to have one in the morning and one at night. And it's one of those things that you take long term. And would that be the same dose for energy support as well? 
With energy support, you won't need as much and probably best to use the B3 as part of a B complex overall. Wonderful. Really important piece of information. Look, thanks so much, Leslie. As always, it's been fascinating and I've learned a great deal today, especially about ceramides. And I'm already looking forward to getting together with you again for another interesting episode. Thank you so much, Bobby. And I hope you've also enjoyed this episode of the podcast and I look forward to you joining me again soon for another episode. I'm Bobby Mehta and this has been Natural Health Simplified. Until next time, goodbye for now. Hold up. 